Now, this is probably the time of year that we all get rather bombarded and pressurised to go on a diet after we, we've indulged a little bit too much during the festive period. But with so many types of diets around, what do you opt for? The vegan diet, the low-carb diet, the Atkins, the cabbage diet? Now, I've tried that one and it's awful. I was just going to say something awful there. It is absolutely terrible. Uh, and it's funny because in the last couple of weeks, I've heard people talk about the keto diet and intermittent fasting. So I thought I'd better find out more. And joining me in the studio now is Miles Price, a functional medicine specialist, clinical nutritionist, and he's a wellness master and food consultant to the Four Seasons Hotel Group. Good afternoon to you. Quite a title there. <laughs> yes, yes. Good, uh, good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. Now, is it the season of diets? Uh, well, I would say when when you think of diets, a lot of people think, well, I'll just do this for three months and then I'll go back to my old um, uh, debaucherous eating habits. And I think what I would try to say to people is when you choose a diet, it should be for long term. Mm -hmm. uh, because the benefits of sticking to a diet are something which you'll get m numerous benefits the longer you stick on it according uh, to the genetics and everything else you should you should uh, appreciate so i think the fad approaches to diets uh, are never going to be successful um so when i advise people it's more to understand that um if it's to lose weight for example which is the majority of re well, the main reason why people uh, want to start something new in the new year um, I generally focus on intermittent fasting or ketogenic, low-carb mm -hmm. dietary approach. Mm -hmm. um, and there are other diets to do, of course, um, the paleo diet, um, you mentioned Atkins, and these are also very good diets, but um, I think what I find with keto and intermittent fasting, there are actually two elements of fasting and um, a, a particular diet which actually synergize very well together mm -hmm. um, and there's lots and lots of research backing it up and there's lots and lots of support websites out there giving people advice uh, how to do it um, am I the right person to do the diet mm -hmm. um, and you know they're, they're actually reversing many many diseases with ketogenic diet okay. yeah well we'll talk a little bit more about actually what it involves as such but sure. it's really about any kind of diet i suppose whether this one fits into it or not it's all about sustaining it isn't it it's mm. about building it into your lifestyle yeah. so that it just becomes a natural way of eating that's really, right. isn't it that's right so i mean is there something that you can actually adapt then to your everyday life i, I think you can um and i think what it takes is a little bit of coaching because right. there, there are um elements of eating more fat and lower carbs and people when they first try that get a little bit spooked mm -hmm. because they think ah, oh, fat will make me fat or fat will clog up my arteries um i think these these kind of uh, sound bites need to be debunked okay. and need to be clarified with proper health coaching and and evaluations and so on so i think that with the right coaching with the right meal plans people understand the diet and then they can go to the supermarket and actually buy the foods themselves so i think it there's a little bit of i would say three to eight weeks of of coaching where people understand how to cook uh, the preparation methods uh, the vegetables which can be used on a ketogenic diet 
um, and then they can go on and, and manage it themselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Okay, so tell me what exactly is the ketogenic diet? What are we, like, if I say, right, you know, Mild, I'd like to do this, and I do actually, but uh, okay. um, if I said, right, I want to do this, how do I start? What does it okay. entail? Okay. What do I do? So the first thing is first is to check, based upon your genetics, if you are suitable for mm -hmm. a ketogenic diet. And there's two dispositions uh, whereby I warn people not to consider keto or adjust the fat percentage. Um, and those are where I see people with very high cholesterol. Mm -hmm. um, so when someone does a cholesterol panel, for example, and you're looking at total cholesterol, HDL, LDL, if we have a very high LDL score, mm -hmm. um, then I would th consider whether or not a ketogenic would be suitable. Okay. Um, the second thing I would look at is a, ge a genetic disposition of a marker which puts someone at greater risk of Alzheimer's disease. And this is uh, a genetic, what we call SNP, uh, or defect we find, and it's called an APO4E, APEO4E gene. And if you have this genetic um, code in your, when you do a genetic analysis, then you're probably not going to be suitable for keto. Okay. So excluding those... How do we find out though? So for instance, if you know for sure that there is yeah. somebody, say, in your family who's yes. had it, then you can assume that possibly you may possibly have you that have. too. Possibly, you have. Possibly, yes. But is that a test that you can do? You can, you go can to do doctors? it very easily here in Hong okay. Kong, yeah. Um, okay. There's various uh, genetic labs. Um, there's uh, obviously lots of... Or every lab does a lipid panel, but there's various genetic labs which you can do now to analyse the Alzheimer's gene. And that will give you this clarity as to whether or not this diet will be suitable. Okay. Now, that gene is only for 2% or less than 1% of the population. So for the majority of people, it it's going be. to be okay. Right. And for people who have what we call hypercholesterolemia or high cholesterol, again, that's in the less than 5% category of the population. So the majority of people can do this diet. Mm -hmm. um, so once those two tests have done, then we're looking into what it is. So basically you're following a diet of 70%, 60-70% fat, mm -hmm. around about 20% protein, and a around less than 10% carbohydrates. Mm. Now... 70% fat? Yes. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, so that's by calories, by oh. calories, yeah. Okay. So when we're looking at it, um, fat is a very dense form of food. Um, and because it's very dense, you need to only a little bit to make up the total calories you need in a, in a single meal. Okay. So what we do is we, we look at your weight and we calculate how much protein you need um, for your weight. And then we then add in the, the fat, which is about two to three tablespoons of fat each meal. Okay. Um, so that can be a choice of coconut oil, butter, uh, avocado oil, um, then we're looking at uh, monounsaturates uh, like olive oil. Um, and you could also count the fat from animal fat. So mm -hmm. like if you get pork belly or if you get a piece of ribeye, right. there, there's fat in that as okay. well. Okay, so that just counts that as That counts as fat, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, and then when we add in the vegetables, we're trying to keep the net carbs, and I'll talk about this, net carbs bef lower than 20 grams per day. Mm -hmm. So when you look at a carbohydrate, uh, we have on the left-hand side uh, white bread, pasta, um, 
pastries, all these kind of foods. And on the right-hand side, we have a lot of vegetables and fruits, which have got a lot of fiber. So we have processed carbs mm -hmm. and we have unprocessed carbs. Now, the processed carbs are completely eliminated. And okay. then in the unprocessed carbs of vegetables and fruits, we need to calculate the net carb. And the way you do that is you deduct the fiber content out of the carbohydrate. So say we have, um, let's pick celery. So if you have uh, 100 grams of celery and you take all the fiber out, you're left with around about two grams of net carb, mm. which is a very low carb vegetable. Mm. And it's an ideal vegetable to mm. use in a ketogenic diet. Mm. And it, an opposite of that would be say a root vegetable, like let's, see, let's pick a potato. Yeah. Now a potato is got fiber in it, but it's also got a lot of starch which converts to glucose. Right. And it, because it's got a lot of starch, the net carb intake is a lot higher. And it will, if you have too many potatoes in one day, you're gonna go above the net carb right. uh, limit of right. 20, 20, 20 grams. So it's all about understanding the net carb evaluation of what you're getting in this And in can this you list. get, say, some sort of a, a table? Yes, there is a, a table. A table yeah. which just tells you, okay, yes. this is okay, this is Correct. fine. Yeah, we, we, I, so I've been actually working with Larry and a couple of chefs, and um, we've actually created a, a list of vegetables, Chinese vegetables and Western vegetables, okay. which show uh, the net carb value and the ones which then you need to use in your cooking to then keep the, the carb intake really low. Okay. So, so why is ketogenic really very good? So the key thing ketogenic really does is it actually keeps the number one hormone um, which controls your fat at a very low level. Mm -hmm. So that hormone is called insulin. Right. Um, you may have heard yes. about insulin. Basically, this is a hormone which controls your blood sugar. Now not only does it control your blood sugar, it controls how much fat you burn. Mm -hmm. So the higher your insulin levels, the more you're going to store fat. Mm -hmm. So insulin is triggered by having too many carbs in your diet. So if you have a carb-heavy diet, you're going to push your blood sugar up, mm -hmm. and then your insulin kicks in to try and lower the blood sugar. Now, when that happens, some of it will go to glycogen, which will be the stored form of glucose, but a lot of it will go to fat. Right. Which is why when people have too many carbs, <laughs> yeah. um, they actually store a lot more fat than they, than they need to because mm -hmm. the insulin's high. Mm -hmm. So to reverse that, you need to eat foods which do not spike insulin. Right. So if you look at the scale, we have uh, carbs, we have protein, and we have um, fat. And all carbs spike insulin at some degree. Depending right. on the amount of so fiber, it's the amount that you have, and the amount and what right. how much fiber is in that carb, okay. and then we have protein. Now, protein spikes insulin a little bit. Um, it, again, it depends on how much, and that's why we calculate the protein amount you should have. But fat doesn't spike insulin at all, uh -huh. so that's why you can have all mm. this fat, and your blood sugar will stay very stable, mm. and and you won't get the insulin insulin spike. And so what happens is you get this burning of the fat. And the consequences if you do this in an intermittent fasting combo, um, and I'll just diverse to intermittent fasting, mm -hmm. that's when you're restricting your eating um, to less than three meals a day. Mm -hmm. That's the general principle. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're just doing uh, what we call a 16-8 fast, which means you're fasting for 16 hours, 
and you're consuming meals within two within the eight hour period that's a 16 eight fast right and is it is it a lot of it is based on you know we tend to sort of fit into the rhythm of our 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 meals yes. so we have the breakfast we have the lunch we yes. have the dinner so is it really a matter of you just actually eating when you are hungry Instead, yes, you know, yes. because I, I think we do tend to, you know, I know that there are times where I think, okay, it's dinner time, I've got to eat now. Yes. But I'm not particularly hungry. Right. I could have waited. Yes. So is that, is that yes. Some- yes. So the whole thing about eating three meals a day is a Victorian uh, era uh, <laughs> sort of <laughs> kind of <laughs> a creation. And I think what we have to think about then was that we were very much more physical in our work and yeah. our activities so then if you're working very physically hard you're going to consume a lot of calories because you're burning a lot right. now today majority of people are sitting down uh, in their desk jobs so that means you're not burning off those calories so to consume three meals a day is is really just a fallacy we don't need to do that mm. and yes you should really eat when you're just hungry and for the majority of people that's two meals a day and how about this whole thing you know i suppose there's another myth in terms of you know they will say like you know breakfast like a king and lunch like a like yeah. a like a prince and, and, yeah. and then dinner like poor so that kind of um, story about breakfast being the most important meal of the day. Is that something that, if, you know, if you're not hungry in the morning, if you've had a big okay. meal in the night, you can skip it? Um, yeah, so there is some theory in that and the reason why it's important to have a breakfast in the morning because you actually stabilise your blood sugar when you wake up and you're giving yourself some energy okay. for the that rest of the sense, day. Yeah. So if you don't eat until lunchtime, if your blood sugar management is not very good, and you're very stressed out, by the time you get to four o'clock in the afternoon, you get a slump in energy. Mm. And a lot of people have that, uh, and that's because they're eating too many carbs in the morning or they're not eating any breakfast in the morning, and you get this sort of sugar crash Mm. around about 4 p.m. So I'm I'm a big believer of getting some protein in the morning, and that um, really helps to stabilize. Nice fatty sausage then. Well, (laughs) you can choose a sausage or or fish or, uh, yes. um, But but getting some form of protein is going to be very good. Yeah. And that helps to stabilize the blood sugar. Um, So if you do the fasting of, say, two meals a day, um, a breakfast and a lunch, and then skipping dinner Mm -hmm. is actually a very good way for a lot of people to get the advantages of intermittent fasting. And also this thing about going to sleep without having a heavy stomach. Exactly. Yeah. So eating at least three hours hours before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that and I've tried it many times. And then I'm just sitting there (laughs) thinking, I'm hungry. So, So for instance, to start this diet and to actually start thinking about it, how long before you kind of see results? Because I think sometimes what happens is people go on these diets and they suddenly like every day, and I know I'm guilty, um, every day you go and stand on the scales and you yes. check it first thing in the morning and then you think, oh, it doesn't look great. So then you lose it and then you go and grab yourself something else to eat. So when do we, we see results? Yeah, well, that's a million dollar question. And I think what we have to take into account is, first of all, the person's health history, uh, mm-hmm. the person's um, current work stress life balance um, and whether or not there's any deficiencies uh, which could be manifesting and counteracting the effects of the ketogenic diet so taking all those into account if someone was just overweight by 10 pounds and they haven't got any other health issues and they started a ketogenic diet 
I think within a week or two, you could see some real big changes. Okay. Um, and certainly by looking on the um, the social media, on the web uh, platforms, you can see a lot of people getting a lot of success. Okay. Uh, the key is that you have to get the fat level and the carbohydrate level spot on. Right. I think a lot of people try to do keto by themselves and they fail because they're trying to make up the sort of ratios on, in their own head and they're not quite getting the calculations right. right so and that's that's a key thing and the second thing people experience on keto is what's called the keto flu now the keto flu is when you start to get headache you start to get fatigue that kind of withdrawal symptoms withdrawal i was symptoms. going to ask you about side effects yes the right. side effects now that is primarily due to um, the body losing potassium and sodium which are very key minerals to regulate uh, the electrolyte balance in the body. Mm -hmm. And when you lose fat, you're also losing water okay. because that is a key component of, of the tissues, same sort of the fatty tissues. So what we have to do is maintain a level of uh, magnesium, potassium, and sodium whilst you're doing a ketogenic diet. And then you're going to mitigate the symptoms of the ketogenic flu. Mm. Um, so there's, there's a few things you need to prepare before doing this kind of diet so mm. you actually follow it well um, and what I actually recommend people to do uh, you can buy this uh, keto um, blood test kit online okay. Okay. Uh, which measures through your finger prick your ketones in your blood and ketones are what you need to have at a high level to tell you you are in a ketogenic state because it's not until you're in a ketogenic state and until that's when you start to burn fat okay. so people follow ketogenic diet and they go oh i've been following this diet and i'm like okay what are your ketone levels don't know <laughs> they're low exactly so what we've got to do is find out individually for each and every one people doing it where are your ketones levels and if they're good then we start to see the process of weight loss and so on Oh, so, hmm. yeah, so it's That's, actually individualizing it is very important. So to what extent are you then changing your life in terms of your whole meal planning? Like, do you, what you eat every day, obviously, if you're thinking about balancing these things up, then is it easy to prepare meals that suit you like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I just uh, this morning and yesterday, what I do is uh, for my uh, breakfast, I have... Uh, so how long have you been doing this? Well... <laughs> I, I do more intermittent fasting than ketogenic diet. Okay. Uh, because ketogenic diet does require a bit of commitment. Yeah. And I don't think I'm overweight, so I okay. can probably not do it yeah, uh, look, so, so strictly. Uh -huh. um, so, but for my breakfast, it was a typical ketogenic breakfast. It was eggs, um, and then I had avocado, and then I had onion. So mm. it mixed in a kind of um, an omelette style. Just like chopped onion. Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. Okay. So onions are very, very low carb. Mm -hmm. Avocados are very high fat, mm -hmm. so and eggs are good protein and good fat. Mm. So you get this real so no good bread. No bread, right. exactly. Yes. Yeah, so all pasta, all, all white carbs are out basically right. even rice so okay yeah. so no steamed rice right. no steamed well, rice well actually you know what i mean i think certainly with chinese food you can actually survive because I, I we tend to when we eat we don't tend to order too much rice anyway right we only have one bowl between two of us right and even then you don't actually need it if you've got the meat there if you've got vegetables and right. things like that right hmm, that's interesting so now if we were looking at say i, I can understand that the the ketogenic diet takes 
time and you need to understand it and you need to follow it. With the intermittent diet, like if somebody wants to start that and yes. try it out, that is really just about making sure that you stick to those two meals, right? Yeah, I mean, there's different forms of intermittent fasting and the easiest one to follow mm. is where you do the 16-8 diet. Right. So fasting for 16 hours and consuming your two meals within the eight-hour window. Um, right. Now, So uh, how you, would that work in the day? Like, for instance, if you're saying... Uh, you know, eight sixteen. So you could say uh, not have. Well, you would not want to have breakfast. Now mm. those eight hours have to be together. Those eight hours, right? Yes. You, so say so, say so you have breakfast at say eight a.m. in the morning, right? Uh, and then your last meal so needs four to four o'clock. Yeah, correct. Okay. So okay. if you have your lunch at say two, that's yeah. a late lunch. Then that's fine. You've got within the eight hour window. Yeah. Um, that's quite good actually because you can do yeah. that. Yeah. And, and can you say have other? You can drink water and things oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, yes, yes. Is yes. there anything else you can have during that after that eight-hour period, like uh, which is not going to be? You could eat sticks of celery not. or something. No, I no, mean, no. <laughs> as soon as you start snacking, then that okay. actually throws off the, the sort really of. Really not. Water is okay. Water's fine. Coffee's fine. Tea's fine. Uh, no sort of fruit juices or soda or anything. Yeah, because yeah. fruit juices are pretty heavy, aren't they? That's in right. Terms of sugar. That's right. That's interesting. Yeah, because yeah. I think that I I've found that that I have tried that before and that has worked. Right. That's that's quite good. Yeah. But it's just a matter of the pressure is when you're with people and then you're sitting <laughs> on the TV and you want to snack. Yeah. And you want yeah. That's the problem. I think. Keep, doing intermittent fasting is not socially friendly. I mean, mm. it's, you know, you, if you get invited out to friends' parties and stuff, and they're, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not eating tonight, and you're like, you're just drinking water. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's not a. Yeah, it's yeah, not so, very sociable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, um, but there are other ways of doing it, and there's what's called the 5 2 diet, uh, where you um, eat a normal diet for five days, and then you don't eat anything for two days of a week. Okay. And that is actually is that more, just you fast? That's the fast, yeah. yes. Fast yeah. for two So you drink water, you drink your tea, you drink your coffee, um, but you just do those for two days. And now that is more an intense form of fasting, and I think for some people that's quite hard. Mm -hmm. um, but it does actually give a little bit more benefit for mm. some people mm -hmm. uh, because it, once you go past 18 hours fasting um, you do get a lot of benefits of boosting your immune system cleaning out the dead cells of the body um, there's a lot of benefits post the 18 hour window mm. so the longer you fast there are those benefits. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm going to try it out. Miles, yes. Miles, thank you so much for coming in. The time has just flown by. I can't believe it. We're going towards the two o'clock news now. But some really um, kind of beneficial things there. And I think the intermittent fasting thing sounds great. But if people want some more information just on the on the um, ketogenic diet, yes. where can they go? What? So... Um, they can go to dietdoctor.com. Uh, that's a very good website. Um, if they want to get help from myself, I'm based at lifeclinic.com.hk in Hong Kong. Um, and that's where we practice. Um, there's other places. Dr. Berg has a website. He's uh, drberg.com. So there's a very few, there's a very good websites out there where you can get this additional support. Miles, thank you very much. No problem. And good luck. Thank you. <laughs>